Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk TV Live. I'm your host, Barbara Barnett. I'm the executive editor of Blog Critics Magazine, where I am also the TV and film editor um, and the author of Chasing Zebras, the unofficial guide to house. And we're joined tonight by Jimmy. Hi, Jimmy. Hi. How are you? I'm pretty good. I, How about you? You're sleepy. I know you said you were sleepy. Yeah, I am too. Oh man, I you know I think what it is is I'm just like freaking sick of winter. <laughs> Puxatawney Phil. I don't mind it. I like snow, and I feel like we don't ever get enough snow. Oh yeah, but see the thing is, is here in Chicago. Yeah, you've had a lot more snow than we've had. We've had this has been more snow than there has been since I was in my twenties, like my early twenties. Like in college, and we just—it's the snow. It's the every three days we get a blizzard, sort of, followed <laughs> by below zero weather. When it gets warm enough, the snow starts again. So we're going to be having a snowstorm tomorrow night into Wednesday, which is supposed to hit just a little south of here. Thank goodness. Sorry for the people on the south side of Chicago and in Indiana, but it's not going to get us this time. And then over the weekend again, and then on next Wednesday again. It's just mm-hmm. on and on and on and on and on. I really want to pack up and go back to Seattle. <laughs> Speaking of which, wasn't that a clever segue to it talk was. about the Super Bowl? So mm-hmm. um, I just I realized something. And, I, and I'm a Chicago person, so I'm a Bears fan, and the Bears haven't been in a Super Bowl since a long time. <laughs> and I realized something. So my daughter and her husband live in Seattle, and my, I have a brand-new baby grandson, my very first grandchild, and I'm really confessing how really old I am. Um, <laughs> but I have a – I had like, oh, my God. Um, and uh, And I realized that when the Bears won the Super Bowl um, in 1987, uh, sorry, 1986, um, I was seven months pregnant with my daughter who just had the baby. And um, yeah, and, and and my baby grandson was born in Seattle where there was a, his hometown has just won the Super Bowl. So I wonder if that's sort of a thing. So when that baby's having a baby, you you know who to place your money on in the big game. Yeah, yeah, that actually kind of works. I wonder if that. That's, <laughs> I haven't I haven't considered that before. That I just that just came to me this afternoon. So I have to ask either that or the team you root for only wins once in a generation. Uh, yeah, well, there's that too. Hey, <laughs> I've been a Cubs fan since I was a little girl, and I had my very first crush on a baseball player. And I must have been about 12 or 11. And my mom used to take us on Ladies' Day to sit at Wrigley Field. And I literally, my entire high school years, I spent every summer when I wasn't working, I was at Wrigley Field and watching the Cubs 
almost win a couple times. Um, and talk about a generational thing. I mean, my mother, I remember my mother used to say, not in my lifetime. They're not going to win a pen. They're not going to, they're not going to win a world series in my lifetime. And she was right. It was not in her mm-hmm. lifetime, nor in my aunt's lifetime. And I'll tell you something. I don't know if it's going to be in my lifetime. But it's the the Cubs are, yeah, it's more than a generational thing, I think. Um, you know, the Bears, eh, the Bears haven't been good since the days of Jim McMahon and uh, and Mike Ditka, who I don't like. But, you know, he is a Chicago institution. Anyway. So let's talk about last night's Super Bowl. Um, okay. It was, I mean, I was I was rooting for Seattle for obvious reasons, and also the fact that I was actually in Seattle when they won the championship. And cool. um, actually, it was funny because my husband was coming in; the baby had just been born, um, like two days before, and I was picking up my husband at the airport. Is that right? Was that this time? Was it? Gosh, yeah, I guess so. And um, I which drove from the north end of Seattle where my daughter lives um, and where I was staying um, in my hotel to the airport. And you drive right by Safeco Stadium. And the entire city was lit up in blue and green. It was pretty cool. The, the Space Needle was all green on top and glowy. looked very outer space-like. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But all the all the buildings and all that. So, um, and then there was like one building with a big twelve on it. So I couldn't figure out what twelve meant. And then someone informed me. Do you know what twelve means? In um, box jargon. No, I have no no idea. That the fans are the twelfth team member. Oh. They are such okay. a like home field advantage is like big for them. So anyway, I don't mm-hmm. want to talk about the game because it was a blowout. And by the way, that Bears game in, in uh, Super Bowl twenty um, mm-hmm. in uh, in uh, nineteen eighty six was also a blowout. Mm-hmm. It was like huge. The Bears just screamed New England. So being as this isn't a sports show, I want to talk about. Uh, did you happen to catch any of the Puppy Bowl? Yeah, we skimmed it. Um, that's about as close to sports as I get. I mean, I, I TV at the Super Bowl, but I fast forward through it and just watch the commercials. And then we kind of skimmed the puppy bowl and caught a little bit, mostly because the cheerleaders this year were penguins from the Columbus Zoo here uh, in Columbus, oh. Ohio. Oh. And I'm a huge fan of the zoo. I've been going there since I'm a kid. We've got a season pass. And we were rated the best zoo in the country last year. We beat San Diego. So, I mean, Columbus Zoo is huge. Huge our zoo, zoo is amazing. No, our zoo is really good. We have Brookfield Zoo. We have two zoos in Chicago. We have Lincoln Park Zoo, which is right smack dab in the middle of the city, and it's wonderful. But mm-hmm. Brookfield Zoo is really a um, pretty amazing place. It really is. And then we actually have something called Indian Boundary Zoo, which is in this little tiny park, and it's like a real honest-to-goodness zoo in a neighborhood park. And it's like, really, we used to live near there. Um, anyway, but, but the, I thought the puppy bowl was kind of cute. It was got kind of boring after a while. I thought, I mean, it wasn't, yeah, that's why we just skimmed through it. Yeah. It, it was just not puppies were kind of cute. Um, 
Well, but it wasn't. I don't, I don't know if you saw, but Hallmark Channel did the first Kitty Bowl this year, too. I saw that, the Kitty Bowl. I mean, I'm, like, the first one who likes cute. I love cute. Oh, Katie Dalton mm-hmm. in the chat room says, Basset Hounds. Yes, I like Basset Hounds. Basset Hounds are really cute. I'm trying to get – our dog died in July, and uh, she was really old. She was 18 and a half. And I've been trying Whoa. to get on my husband's case about getting another dog, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to, um, like, push for a dog when every other day it's minus 10. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Katie says, I had a basset, um, so she's biased. I grew up with a Cocker Spaniel, and our um, dearly departed feather tail was a Sheltie Golden Retriever cross, uh, and she was just the most gorgeous, sweet dog ever. Um, so anyway, there was the Puppy Bowl. Did, did you watch the Super Bowl, or did you skip it? I watched the commercials. It's the one time of year I actually watch commercials, but... I fast forward through the game. I could, I can't stand oh, so sports at all. Oh, you watched it all. on DVR. You DVR'd it. Oh yeah, yeah. I, same way I watch everything. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So, so give me your. Let's let's do a rundown on our favorite commercials. So, okay. what was your favorite? What um, was your favorite commercial? I didn't think it was a real strong commercial year. There were a couple that I really liked. Yeah, uh, I don't know about the favorite. Ones. I liked the Coca-Cola one that apparently has become a big controversy. Where they say America really... the beautiful in all the different languages. Right, right, right. It's like, you know, back in the back in the day, you know, it's like I'd like to give the world a Coke. Right. I mean, exactly. they were the people who originated that. And I believe that was a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Right. But see, I'd it was like just to a, teach a, a commercial world. of inclusion. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and back then it was like you know people of all different races, creeds, and stuff. And you know what? It was it was fine. I mean, what, what the? I mean, people are just yeah. We're in a hyper partisan <laughs> era, and how dare you mess with well, anything American? I guess which hyper partisan. Uh, I don't know. It just makes me mad. Hyperpartisan, anti-intellectual, and I'm yep. not going to get on a political rant because I could. <laughs> um, I we can I, talk about that for the next hour. <laughs> I could. I really could. Um, Me too. I Me too. loved. I really loved the Budweiser commercial with the cowboy dog yeah. thing. Yeah. That was. Well, the, that was the great. dog fell in love with the horse and stuff. I not know. in love with love, but you know what I mean, like friendship. Yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked it. I'm just a sucker for golden retriever puppies. Mm-hmm. And that was just, like, too much cute. I really <laughs> liked it. And, and I also liked the Clydesdales with their big floppy oh, feet. You know, mm-hmm. I've always been had a thing for um, animals, like, that have really big, furry, floppy feet. So, um, you know, certain dogs that have floppy feet and Clydesdale horses that have floppy feet. <laughs> Um, you know, that kind of thing. It's just, a, I guess mm-hmm. it's a, you know, my thing. So I really like that one. Um, mm-hmm. Do you like any of the Dorito commercials? No. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> I, I mean, I actually, the Time Machine I, I, one was okay. Yeah, I was going to say, that one yeah. was kind of, I thought that was well done. Um, and just the guy who's in the Time Machine was like a real idiot. But yeah, um, that, That's why okay. I didn't like it. So, what and I've been having like conversations. I've been having entire conversations on Facebook today about mm-hmm. Bob Dylan's Chrysler commercial. 
Really? Yes. Hmm. Entirely. What did you I think, think of it? I think it's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. So here this week, um, one of my heroes um, died, uh, Pete Seeger, who died not this week, mm-hmm. but, but late last week. Right. Pete Seeger right. died. And I grew up on Pete. Um, I learned to get play guitar um, with his America's Favorite Ballads. I followed his career from, you know, I mean, he, he was my my parents' age. But um, he influenced not only a generation of singers and, and folk people, but an entire generation of people, period, full stop. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he from the time he was, you know, he was a victim of the blacklist and he was banned from the Smothers Brothers comedy show, which I could never figure out because I was a kid. And I was like, well, why can't they let him be on there? And then he sang Guantanamera on Anyway, so he was always an activist. And so here we have Bob Dylan, who is much, I mean, back in the day, again, Dylan was sort of like in the mold of Mm -hmm. of Pete Seeger and Woody Guthrie. And and even, you know, here's this New York Jewish folk singer with this Oklahoma twang because he wanted to be Woody Guthrie, you know, Mm -hmm. even though there was a perfect Woody Guthrie clone in Arlo, who was also a... Jewish folk singer, but not from New York, but from Oklahoma. <laughs> so, um, but Dylan was like, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, he was, he was always the voice, he was the voice of, of, again, not my generation, but the generation one older than me and mm-hmm. sort of like my brother's generation. And uh, here he is doing a commercial for and it was like, what a freaking sellout. I mean, I was just crushed. I was just crushed to hear Dylan hawking cars. I mean, wow. He doesn't need the money, I would imagine. I don't know what possessed him, but that's just my opinion. I just like, I was just crushed. I was just, I put up on my Facebook WTF. I was like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> now, here's this commercial, and I'm listening to it. I'm like, what? He's selling cars? So I was not fond of that commercial, and, and I think it was, you know, kind of a generational thing, like I said. Um, but I, mm-hmm. it was, like, really the big topic of conversation among people. And not just, actually, it wasn't just people of a certain age. Cause I actually, um, I had cousins, I had friends, writing friends, um, who are far younger than I am. Um, who were like, what Bob Dylan selling cars? Oh no, what a sellout. And I was like, yeah, okay. And my sister was like, oh, this is really cool. Bob Dylan selling cars. I'm like, what? So anyway, that was just my, my thing. Um, any other memorable commercials? That you remember? Um, no, not really. Like it really was pretty lackluster. Yeah, I mean, you know, usually we expect kind of cool GoDaddy commercials, and mm-hmm. really, I think. Oh, you know what I did like? I did like the Stephen Colbert commercial for pistachios. That commercial was weird. When his head split open, I was like, what the hell is he doing? I liked that. I did. I, I liked amusing. that. Kind of... I just, 
know. It was amusing, and I eat those. I eat those pistachios like they're, you know. I mean, that's like we have bags and bags and bags of those in our house because <laughs> my husband and I are both addicted to salty things and like pistachios, and we eat them constantly. And they're really, really good for you too. So that's kind of nice. Um, so I, tasty, right? I, yeah, they're, hmm? they're good. They're they're quite tasty. They're one of the better nuts for sure. Yes, they are. They're very tasty and very salty. And um, anyway, so those were that was kind of fun. Um, so let's. I finally, oh, over the weekend, I said uh, to my husband, I said, okay, I'm back home. I've been home a week. I have to get caught up on all of the TV stuff that's on my DVR. Now mm-hmm. I have watched all of Downton Abbey before the first episode aired. And I haven't rewatched any of them, but I figure I've got time. Um, but I did catch up on uh, True Detective, mm-hmm. and I got caught up on Helix, and I got caught up on. There's another show I got caught up on. I can't remember what it was now. <laughs> It'll come back to me. Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time watching TV. Um, the last few days um i i watched oh i watched the second episode of rake what did you see have you seen the second episode of rake i have yes so what do you what did you think uh, do you think there's more promise than there was after the pilot i think there's about as much promise i i don't know that there's more um i mean there were definitely good parts of the episode i liked some of the character moments i liked when you know he had to talk to the would be bride that was renewing her vows and stuff. That was a good scene, but it still seems pretty case of the week to me. I think it's going to be a lot more case of the week than anything. Yeah, I, what I did like about it, which was not present in the um, pilot, was there was mm-hmm. the case. I mean, the first episode was so heavily into the comedy mm-hmm. that it just really turned me off. And the only reason I gave it another try was because I really like Greg Kinnear and I really mm-hmm. would like to see his show succeed. And uh, I watched, I, I liked it much, much better than the first one. Um, I liked the case. I thought it was interesting. I thought the case was interesting. I thought there's some good character moments. Um, mm-hmm. And I just thought it was just better. It was just better. It wasn't as doofusy. You know, okay. he wasn't as much of a doofus. He, you actually yeah. saw that this guy has a brain. That's true. And I do think the second episode is probably more typical what the show is going to be than the first one was. Yeah, so I hope so. If you like the second one better, that's good. I did. I like the second one better. Um, you know, I'm I'm not big on the comedy comedy stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I did like that. Um, I uh, are, so... I watched tonight's Almost Human, and mm-hmm. it looks like they're starting a, a character arc. There aren't very many episodes left in the can of Almost Human. They're almost through the first 13 episodes, which was the initial order. And um, uh, as far as I know, they haven't gotten a back nine. And yeah, I haven't heard that they, yeah, what I've been hearing is that it could go either way. Yeah, the ratings have been much higher um, mm-hmm. of late, which is really good to hear. And yeah. 
Um, yeah, so I'm hoping that they will get picked up. And if they don't get picked up by Fox for a back nine or a second season, that um, either like a Netflix will pick them up or, I mean, their ratings have certainly been strong enough, I think, mm-hmm. to justify a new season, a second season. And um, so maybe like a Netflix or an Amazon or a Hulu or a sci-fi channel, you know, would be a little, or, 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 sci- or, or, sci- or, science, or science channel, you know, science mm-hmm. network, um, actually, which has, has become um, a pretty good place for uh, science fiction. So. The science network done any original series? I don't recall um, seeing any. They have. They have some original series. Um, no, not scripted? scripted? Not scripted series. So this is okay, kind of yeah, I know they have non scripted. Yeah. I mean and they uh, play yeah. They do Firefly. Yeah. They do Firefly. Um but I I could see them picking up this show as a scripted series. Well everybody's who, doing the scripted now, so Yeah. I you know, who knows? Um but I definitely think their ratings justify another season. So um we'll see. We'll see. Um, I actually emailed uh, the PR person at Fox today this afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I've not heard back from him, so I'm I'm st- I'd like to do an interview or two, um, and uh, you know before the season's out. And I also pumped him for some other information. Um, so I'm I'm hoping to get back with him, and once I get some information, put that out um, on, on my column. Um, and let's see what other stuff, um, newsy kinds of things. Oh, um, I posted, by the way, if you haven't seen it, um, on blog critics, um, HBO released a whole bunch of, uh, pictures, um, uh, snaps from images from the forthcoming Game of Thrones season. Mm -hmm. And I posted those on, um, my, uh, on blog critics. So, Go on over there if you want to see what uh, what everyone's going to look like. Jamie uh, Jamie Lannister uh, is is a lot cleaned up and uh, looks actually quite different than he did last season and <laughs> before. He's he's aged and he's toughened and he's more world weary, and uh, it looks like there's some interesting things that are going to happen with his hand. So. Um, yeah, what I saw in the pictures kind of lines up with what happened in the book, so yeah. I assume that's where they're going down. Yeah, I would imagine that that's right. Um, so that's coming down the pike. Also, I'm really excited. Fox and uh, National Geographic Channel, our National Geo, um, are launching in March a new mm-hmm. series. Um, yeah, and- that's... Yeah, I posted I posted one of those promos up on Blog Critics. Um like a, a good little girl. Um the PR at Fox said, Hey, could you post this up? And I'm like, Yeah, sure, no problem. Because we are doing more newsy things on, on Blog Critics these days. And so I did a little write up and yes, the the series is called Cosmos. And if that name sounds familiar to you, it is a renewal, reinvigoration, and re some part reimagining of the iconic 
Carl Sagan series from 1980 um, called Cosmos. And it was um, Carl Sagan. I, I adored Carl Sagan. When I was in college, I wanted nothing more than to go to graduate school at Cornell and study astrobiology um, under Sagan's uh, direction. I mean, that was my goal as a biology major, biochem major. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like my hero. He was my science hero. And um, he really did so much to make science understandable and, and really make it populist. And at a time where people wanted to be smart, on the other hand, now people don't want to be smart and they want to, some people, do. some people do, but a lot of people don't. And uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about this series. I can't wait for it to be on. And especially now in high death and it's going to be gorgeous. And um, I'm really, really excited about that. Um, I want to also make mention uh, of Helix. Have you caught up on Helix? Have you been watching it? And uh, I've still seen the first two hours. Just the first two I'm hours. Up on other stuff this week. Okay, so it's really—I mean, you get a sense of who the heroes are and who the villains are in the mm-hmm. first couple episodes, but they're not. They're not. It's really interesting. Um, oh, good. There's a. There's a. It, it gets really interesting. There's a lot of psychological drama to it. Um, there's a lot of people that die. I mean, wow. I mean, there's a lot of major characters that get killed off as the weeks go on. Um, and lots of twists and turns and stuff. And, um, I really am liking it a lot. I really like Billy Campbell. I totally did not remember or I didn't recognize him. I, the first thing I saw Billy Campbell in was the Rocketeer. (laughs) <laughs> the Disney movie, like that was a long mm-hmm. time ago. Oh, and yeah. yeah, and he was the young guy in it. And it's like weird because he's like my age. And I was like, oh, I didn't know he was that old. Um, but he looks really young in the movie and in The Rocketeer. And he plays the young hero and Timothy Dalton plays the villain in Timothy Dalton. This was the first thing that I saw Timothy Dalton play a really... Um, out there villain. I mean, he's played uh, lots of different characters up to that point, but that was the first time I saw him as a, uh, what is the word, snidely whiplash type villain. <laughs> Just relishing the Very role. Cartoonish. Yeah. yeah. So Caitlin, uh, Kate, Caitlin C asks, Barbara, are you going to watch the new series from Rondi Moore? Uh, called Outlander, yes, based on the novels. It is being filmed in Scotland. I really, really love Donna Gabaldon's novels, um, the Outlander series. Um, it's uh, I will. I do plan on watching those. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, Scotland, even though I've never been there. Scottish actors, things set in Scotland. It's my, you know, my fervent hope that if my novel gets sold, that is like one of the first trips that I take as sort of a pilgrimage to the places that I mention in the uh, in the novel. So, um, yes, I'm really excited about Outlander, um, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yes, yes, yes. 
And that is going to be on, I think it's going to be on Stars. Is that right? Sounds right. I think it's going to be on Stars. Oh, that sounds right. And speaking of stars, I'm sorry to be so random. Um, speaking of stars, have you seen Black Sails? Have you seen both episodes now? No, I didn't watch the second one yet. Really good. I'm really liking mm-hmm. it more and more. The the story is getting more complex. Um, so I'm really liking it a lot. Um, so I'm looking forward to watching that. So there's like there's so much good TV on now. It's great. <laughs> I don't think I've ever watched this much TV before. Really? I'm, I'm usually, yeah, I'm not, you know, for a TV writer, I'm very, mm-hmm. I'm sort of not the typical TV critic. I don't watch everything. Um, mm-hmm. I watch things uh, that I that I really can feel passionate about, I think. And then when I write about those shows, I write about them in a way that um, isn't, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to. There's just a lot of that out there, and there's and and Jimmy, you do a great job with with the stuff that you do. Uh, I just it's really hard for me to recap episodes, so um, it's just my brain things go in one ear and out the other. So when I write about something I'm passionate about, I tend to find a theme or an idea and write more mm-hmm. about that. And uh, so so people will write on my columns like, well, this isn't a recap. You forgot to say that this happened and this happened and this happened. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's not what I write about. That's not how I write. Anyway, so I so I tend to I tend to watch very few shows, but I watch them well. I suppose I can say that. I watch <laughs> very few shows, but I watch them really well. And I'll watch them over and over. So I'll watch like an episode three times before I mm-hmm. write about it, if I have that opportunity, especially if I get a screener. Which, by the way, I just got like a whole batch of screeners of Banshee, which I do not watch. Um, yeah, I tried that one. I can't, can't get into yeah. it. Yeah, well, I have a thing. You know, Greg Utanis, I thought, in a mm. lot of ways, destroyed the last couple seasons of House. I really think that, that he is coming on as an executive producer and and directing so many and having such influence on the show really harmed the show. I really think it harmed the show in a very significant way. And, um, yeah. So Caitlin is, she says she's rereading the whole series again. Um, Diana Gabaldon is in Scotland this week filming a cameo for the show. They will have 16 episodes for the first season. That's a lot of episodes. That's great. Yeah, really? um, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, I do wish I, I could narrow my focus just a little. I, I do it. It is hard to watch as many shows as I watch. I only watch what I like, but I like I don't know how you do it. And, I just don't know how you do it. Well, well, I think you can tell by this. <laughs> Every time you're like, are you caught up on this show? No, because when the finale <laughs> comes around, then I marathon it the weekend before. You know, like this weekend I marathon the Carrie Diaries. And I know that's not like the greatest show out there by a long shot, but – the finale was up, so I'm like, okay, I have to put aside these other shows I'd like to be watching, and I'm just going to sit and watch 10 episodes of that this weekend. Right, and I get tons of screeners, especially I'm on the HBO list, so I get a lot of things from HBO and Cinemax. And mm-hmm. 
the things that I watch, I'll watch, and I just will ignore screeners that I don't or pass them on to people um, that write for blog mm-hmm. critics. And uh, so I'm not going to write about them, but um, pass them on to somebody else. But, yeah. Um, and Katie is, is semi-agreeing with me about Greg Utanis. I don't disagree with you about Utanis, but it's not all on him. That is correct. You are quite correct. It is not all on him. I think a lot of things went wrong with House in the last year or season or or two. Um, star, yes, yeah, Caitlin, Caitlin does confirm it will be on Stars, and it will um, cover the first book. And, and Outlander is a nonlinear story, nonlinear narrative that takes place mm-hmm. in the 1940s, I think, and in um, medieval Scotland. And uh, this woman who is married to a history professor, it's been a long time since I've read the novels, um, finds herself suddenly in medieval Scotland. And uh, I think it's medieval Scotland. Correct me if I'm wrong, Caitlin. Maybe it's a little later than medieval. Um, But um, she finds herself in the middle of of this. And she's, um, it's, it's a love story. And she's got a love story in two different timelines. That's pretty cool. And she, and she just tra- she's like oh, it's like a wormhole or something. I don't know. She just finds herself there, so it's kind of cool. Um, it, the, it's reminiscent in a way of uh, there. There are a lot of novels that use that device. Uh, 1743, so it's 18th century Scotland, not medieval Scotland. Okay, thank you. Um, I appreciate that. Um, but there's a there's a, a, a I, I like that device where people sort of are just in two timelines at once without actually time traveling, um, with no obvious tra- time traveling. Anyway, so that is um, oh now see I was oh Black Sails that was the other show that I got caught up on, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm really enjoying Toby Stevens and uh, you should watch it definitely. Uh, she's a World War II nurse, right? She's a World War II nurse married to a history professor. And uh, that's the, the main character of the Outlander series, main female character. So um, some news for people who are Once Upon a Time fans. There is lots of news on, um, lots of news about uh, Robert Carlyle. There's a couple of uh, mm-hmm. bits of news about him. Um, which I tweeted. So if you don't follow me on Twitter, uh, you should follow me on Twitter because um, he is going to. Some of you know that he was slated to direct a, his first film, um, The Long Midnight of Barney Thompson, which is based on the first of a series of very darkly comic uh, novels about a serial killing barber. Like Sweeney Todd? Yeah, no, not not really like Sweeney Todd. Not not <laughs> really. Um, it's uh, it's the the main character Barney Thompson is a middle aged barber, and he has been relegated. The, the the best barber is in the first chair, and the second chair, and there's a third chair, and he's been in this barber shop for a really long time. And now he's been sort of relegated to the back of the barbershop. And he's he's frustrated and he's he's feeling sort of dissed by his colleagues and and um 
he he sort of accidentally falls into being a serial killer. So it's not like Sweeney Todd. There's not a, although there is a vindictiveness about it, um, it's far stranger. Um, and it's a contemporary uh, series of novels. And by the way, they are free um, on Amazon.com this week. They hadn't been when I bought the series um, about six months ago. Uh, and really am enjoying it. And, I'm, and I, my reading, like stack of reading is really high. So I'm like halfway through the first book. They're not really, really long books, but they're really well written and they're quite interesting and uh, quite funny in a very dark way and quite strange. And so these are being made, and it was actually serialized. This, the, book, the novel was serialized in the, um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forget the name of the, the newspaper. Um, the something, the, the Herald, uh, Scottish Herald, I think, is the, the newspaper. Anyway, it was serialized in light of the fact that it was going to be made into a film. And Carlisle had been uh, slated to be the director and also star as Barney Thompson. So that's kind of a cool thing and didn't hear much about it, didn't hear much about it. This week is the Berlin International Film Festival, the Berlinale, and the European film market called EFM. And I'm on Variety's, um, you know, sort of alert list. And a, a news flash came across my desk that uh, Emma Thompson had been signed to star uh, opposite Carlisle in the movie. And uh, that Ray Winston, the British actor, Ray Winston, English actor, um, was also signed. And that there might, in fact, be a, well, I can't say that because I don't know it for sure. But um, the, the movie has... Um, uh, sales and distribution representation, which is great, and it's being sold at the FM for worldwide rights. So I believe the American, uh, the U.S. and Canadian rights uh, and U.K. rights have been sold, um, but they were going for international rights, which is great, really good to know. And it is a Canadian-British co-production, and it is set to start filming sometime this spring. So very exciting, very exciting news. Um, and uh, so people were asking me, well, how, how is Carlisle going to film Once Upon a Time and direct and star in a, in a feature film? So my guess is that um, he's going to do all his prep work in Canada, in Vancouver, while he's there and film over the hiatus. I, I can't imagine. I, I'm guessing it's going to have a, an indie budget. You know, it's not going to be a three-month shoot. Um, and they're going to probably shoot it over the summer, but all his prep work and post work will be due during hiatus time. And then I heard today that um, um, it looks like uh, the sequel to Train Spotting is also a definite go for 2016. Mm -hmm. So Barney Thompson is a go for 2014, and then 2016 will be um, the the sequel to Train Spotting. And Johnny Lee Miller has uh, formally signed on the line um, along with Carlisle, and I think Ewan McGregor is close to signing. So I've been hearing all kinds of stuff. And um, they are just about ready business side. Uh, Irvine Walsh said that uh, 
the business side, everything was all set to go. So that's very exciting news as well. Um, so since we are on that topic, shall we talk about Once Upon a Time a little bit? Sure. I'm going to bring Meredith into the conversation. Uh, oh, she doesn't have the little thingamabobber that she wants to join into the conversation. So maybe she's just listening tonight, um, which is fine. So um, we have we we know that um, Storybrooke is coming back into the picture, obviously. Oh, mm-hmm. Kate, Caitlin says, I think I read somewhere that it will be filmed at least partially in Vancouver, and it will start filming filming in May. Okay. Well, that, that makes some sense. Uh, I can't imagine that a lot of the film won't be shot in Scotland, in Glasgow. I, I have to believe that he would do that, that he wouldn't um, film the entire movie in Canada. But that would make some sense, and that would certainly, um, and, and because it is a Canadian co-production, that would also make some sense um, that they could do and, and and he has often said that the west coast of Canada resembles very strongly um, uh, Scotland. Uh, very, it's very Scottish geographic, geographically Scottish place. I've heard him say that. So we'll see. I'm really excited for him, and I'm excited for us. Oh, and speaking of new projects for people who I follow. Um, 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 uh, Mackenzie Crook, who stars in, who's one of the co-stars of Almost Human, um, plays Rudy Lam, who is um, one of my, he's probably, he's my favorite character in the show, and he's got a little part, not a little tiny part, but co-starring role, but he's kind of an interesting character, um, has a new series coming out for the BBC this spring, Um called The Detectorists, I think. And it is a comedy series. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about that as well. Um, So, Once Upon a Time. We are now in February. The show returns in March. We have a month to go until until it returns. Yay. Yay. So from what you've seen... What do you, what do you think we're in store for? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> um, I'm terrible at predicting things. I really am. Uh, that's one thing I don't do too much of. Uh, obviously, they've announced they're going back to Storybrook, and obviously we have the story with Emma who doesn't remember anything. And from the stories I have read, it seems pretty certain that Rumpelstiltskin. Mm-hmm. Is not permanently dead and will be back in the near future, but he is. He is definitely. He is definitely coming back. He has been seen in Dustin, and he's in Vancouver. Well, I mean, he could just be flashbacks, but I'm pretty certain, based on the way they've been KG and talking about him, it sounds like he he'll be back. Well, and 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 the young Cora is coming back as well. Yeah, for one episode, and they and they cast a young version of. Was it a Richard Schiff's character? They are catch, cat, casting a younger version of him for that episode. Okay, so that makes sense too. So, but they said be- um, the other per- who's the other one that um, the other actor that they thought might be involved is not. I'm I can't remember. 
Somebody I that's can't. been seen in the time period with Rose McGowan before. Oh. They confirmed was not coming back for this. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I I'm going to bring Meredith. Concerned. I'm going to bring Meredith in. Okay. So hang on. Hello, Meredith. Hello. How have you been? Good. Well, congratulations on the Seattle Seahawks victory. Well, I'm not much of a football fan, to be truthful with you, but... Well, I'm sure the city is, like, you know, the the city is likely celebrating. Yeah, Yeah. there were fireworks everywhere. I'll bet. I'll bet. I know when they won the championship, the city lit up like, like you know, it was Christmas time. Um, so that was kind of kind of cool, but yeah, congratulations. So um, you've been keeping an eye on um, a lot of the episode titles and a lot of the scuttlebutt on some of the forums, and you came up with a new title for another a new episode, and you want to tell us about that? Yeah, well, uh, there are two new ones that I know of. Um, number. 17 is supposed to be called the Jolly Roger, which, of course, refers to Hook's ship. Anyway, when the flashback takes place, I'm not quite sure, but since it's supposed to be Blackbeard, I'm guessing maybe his father. I've seen uh, the actor who they've cast, and oh, my goodness, he looks so much like him, it's frightening. So that would make some sense. Yeah, it could be. At least it would make you understand why I want a career at sea as a pirate or a naval officer, either way. Yeah. Anyway, and the next one is uh, going to be called Bleeding Through, and it is going to feature and bring back young Cora. It'll show right, we follow-up we of just, what yeah, happened. We were, we were just talking about that. Yeah. Bleeding Through. Now, that's kind of an intriguing title. Yeah, I, I'd say that... Bleeding Through. Probably some reference to the hearts, like bleeding through a bad heart or something. But I've also heard that this episode is supposed to feature a young um, King Leopold, or probably at the time Prince Leopold, and uh, Queen Ava, or probably Princess Ava. Right. Now I'm thinking bleeding through might refer to one world, one timeline, one realm, bleeding into into another. That could be it. That could very well be it. So Caitlin's saying that uh, Jane Espenson is the writer of this episode, which which I knew. Yeah, um, uh, thank you for reminding me about it. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's yeah she's co-writing it. There's another one. Is is she writing with Chrissy Boylan? Uh, she no. often writes. No. No, it's uh, someone named like Thompson or something. Oh, okay. I don't remember who. Sorry. Okay. Well, that's okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're only a month out, and I'm sure that we're going to start getting some PR from uh, ABC shortly. Um, I've been yeah, beginning wait. to I've been beginning to check my uh, the ABC site daily to see if there's anything new. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep checking. Um, and, you know, I'll try to do some setting up of interviews when we get close to to coming back on the air and uh, see what happens. Um, speaking of shows that are coming back on the air soon, I know I would re- be remiss for Katie in the chat room if I didn't mention that uh, Hannibal is coming back mm. on the air um, after the Olympics at uh, the end of February. 
Um, have you either of you guys watched the first season of Hannibal? Of course. I'm the one that told you to watch it. Oh, that's right. Oh, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. Yes, You're you welcome. did. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> yes. You're not the only person I've swinged over to that show. I hope it gets better ratings great... this time. Oh, my gosh. It was, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, so um, I'm, I am really, really excited to find out what is going to happen to poor Will, you know, um, locked up and locked away and for how long that's going to happen and his pure, his poor fragile psyche, um, you know, I don't, I, do Katie, do you, oh, Katie's typing. Katie, do you know anything about the story arc for the new season? Because I'm not, uh, yeah, she's saying 25 days to go. Yes, that's true. 25 days to go. Um, do you know anything about the uh, storyline um, and where things are going to go going forward in the second season? <laughs> One of the things that, you know, I know that was true last year, really? is a lot of NBC stations did not carry the show. And I'm hoping that changed. It's a really graphic show. I mean, it's really, really graphic. Um. And I'm wondering if, you know, there's going to be the same issue uh, with running it in prime time. Um, I don't know. So, oh, so the, so Katie's saying, so the first episode starts with a flash forward. Okay, so they're going to, so they're going to do the, um, that's interesting. So we're not, we're not going to start like right at the beginning. Hi, baby. Right. Hey. Um, Meredith, are you still with us? Yes. Okay, because I'm hearing some discussion in the background. Um, you know what? I'm getting a lot of interference on your line. And I'm going to take Meredith out. Jimmy, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I was getting some, some interference on Meredith's line, so... I kind of took her out of that. Um, so Katie says, and there's going to be a trial in episode three. Oh, yeah, I was wondering about that. And um, it should be it should be good. So um, I am, you know, I I hate to do this. I'm like, so, this has been one of those days. I, have to, I confess, I just joined a gym. I know that's weird for a couch potato TV writer. <laughs> Um, but I actually have been working out with a trainer for a while and I stopped doing that and I joined a gym today and did a one hour power lifting class yeah and came home and wrote all day I had a meeting at 3 and I taught till 6.15 so I am just you know it's like one of those and it's so cold and so miserable. Every, you know, it's like my brain is not even functioning correctly. Um, so I am going to actually, I think, and I know, Jimmy, you, you're tired too. I think we're just like, I'm wintered out. Are you wintered out? No, I want more snow. Oh, that's well, right. You're the one I don't who likes the bitter snow. cold, but I want more snow. Can I, can I send some snow to you? Absolutely. Just put it in a box and 
because I hear tell that the storm that's going to sort of pass us by uh, tomorrow night is going to be more in your area. Uh, we're not projected to get much. I think Southern Ohio will get more. Oh, Southern Ohio. Center, I think it misses us. Ah, I see. Unfortunately. I see. I see. So, so this is the long way of saying I'm going to actually wrap up the show a little early tonight, and we'll we'll go a little bit longer, but um, I'm going to wrap the show at on the hour, um, and uh, you know, call it. It's, it's like there's there's not a lot of once upon a time news to talk about, and I know a mm-hmm. lot of my listeners like to talk, hear about once upon a time, and. Um, you know, as there's more news, I think I'll go back. I think I'm going to can I really take this back to one-hour shows until we're back in the once upon a time season. And uh, But right now, there's a lot of TV on that I'm catching up with um, and many suggestions I can make. But I think that I'm going to stay with an hour. And uh, I am really, really um, sorry, but I'm going to end the show because I am just about falling asleep and I don't want my <laughs> listeners to fall asleep because if this show gets boring or off track, which there's, that's a, there's a difference between going off track and going off on a tangent, which we always do. Um, but I am going to end the show for tonight. I, I'm just like ready to, to get under the blankets. I am freezing cold in my house and I am just ready to, uh, curl up with a good thing on my DVR and uh, and catch up on some more TV. Does that sound That's Does that good. sound like it makes sense? Mhm. Okay. Well, I want to thank you. So where where can people find you, Jimmy? I, I sometimes don't have time to, you know, sure. tell. Um com is my main website. It links to all the pages I write for uh, and the podcasts I do including this one. It also has uh, some fiction work that I do as well uh, on there, free of charge. Cool. So if you want to see, like, other stuff I write about, please check it out. Excellent. Excellent. Um, You know, speaking of fiction, I've got my uh, my novel. I'm going to be entering Mm -hmm. it in the Amazon Breakthrough Novel of the Year Awards. And I handed it off to an editor to take a look at it. And to really carefully edit it. And I just got the nicest note from him today um, who said, my manuscript is one of the best novels that has come across his desk in years. Cool. Which he's the second person who's read it that's in the business of publishing that has made mm-hmm. that comment. So Oops. why it hasn't sold yet is a real Well, because selling a book in the current market is really, really difficult. I know. It takes when you a have lot of agent. luck. Yes, even when you have an agent like I do, and it's very, especially for a new novelist. And uh, so I am hoping Amazon Breakthrough Novel of the Year Awards. Here I come. Um, oh, Caitlin says, in L.A., we haven't gotten winter yet. Today was the first cold day, and it was 63 degrees and a tenth of an inch of rain this year. Yes, California. I'm actually thinking of moving to the West Coast. We, My husband and I are seriously thinking of moving to Seattle. Um, and uh, Peer pressure? No, yeah, <laughs> sort of. 
sort of, you know, <laughs> it would be nice to move there. And if the weather is nice all year round, don't listen to what people say about Seattle and rain. Cause it like does it. rain. Huh? I like rain. I like rain. I have no problem with rain. I don't like yeah, it's cloudy. I don't like the sun being too bright. Yeah, it's cloudy a lot. That's but fine. it's not there's not that much rain and in the summer. The sun like practically never sets. So I mean it's like ten o'clock before the sun sets. So if you uh, and it's too much sun. And it's often sunny. I mean there's a lot of well, just, I mean it's like just south of Vancouver. So um, I, I wouldn't mind living up there. I truly wouldn't. Um, but it's not likely to happen. So I want to thank you for coming on. And thank you to Meredith for coming on as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, California is nice to visit. And I have lots of family there. Katie's saying California is awesome. Uh, and she's biased. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> I like, I, I'm not a big L.A. fan. Um, although I have lots My of family in LA. originally from San Francisco, and she would move back in a heartbeat. See, see San Francisco, I love. I mm-hmm. I love San Francisco. I love uh, Carmel, you know, in the Big Sur area, down Highway 1. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like San Diego, and I can't wait to go back there again for Comic-Con this year. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but um, LA, I could probably do without. Definitely could do without. Um, and yes, that's where so many of the things you love come from. I know, you know, and it's and it's actually kind of a bummer in a way because I'm constantly getting invited to. I just got a thing from um, the Costume Designers of America, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, oh, we're having this gala thing this weekend. Can you come? And I'm like, no, I can't no. come. If and you send I'm, a plane ticket and uh... yeah, you know, and there's screenings and there's premieres and you know, come and cover this and come and cover that. I just like yeah, I have to fly from Chicago to do that, and it's just mm-hmm. not gonna work. Blog Critics is not gonna pay my airfare to do these little one day trips. So Katie is <laughs> she's from San oh Katie Dalton's from San Diego. Yay! Uh, I will be back there in July. Maybe I will do a Let's Talk TV party at Comic Con. Wouldn't that be fun? Mm-hmm. Um, do a live show and we'll do a little party. And uh, I was going to do that last year. I had time to do the show, but no time to do anything else. So um, it gets a little crazy. But anyway. So thank you for stopping by tonight. Thank you for listening in tonight. Um, And I will see you all next Monday night on the next edition of Let's Talk TV Live. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye, Jimmy. Bye, Katie. Bye, Caitlin. Bye, everybody else.